In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Well, hello there, you lovely, lovely people of the Internet. You lovely, lovely Internetonians, people of the web. Come in, lend me your ear. Friends, countrymen, Internetonians. How are you today, this fine, beautiful Monday? A Monday worth remembering. A Monday worth thinking about. A Monday, Monday, Monday. Monday, Monday. It's Monday. Oh, Lord, we got something new coming up in the chat. Does anybody notice anything different? Do you feel different? Do you look different? I think you might. I'll give you a chance to tell me what it is. It's a surprise. It's earned, though. Well earned. But it's a surprise. And I'll leave it to you to figure it out. See what happens. Welcome to the show. I'm Jake Johnson, and this undoubtedly is untethered live coming to you straight from the internet from my brain into my computer up the wires and out across the world and stretching out across all the different places and through the nodes and telephone wires and then down into your computer and then out of your speakers and into your ear hole and then it wigs in and gets into your brain it's kind of gross when you think about it but that's what we're doing here I'm transferring what's in here out there. Ooh, I need like a theme song for that. How is everybody? Did you have a great New Year's party? Did everybody get hammered? I'm wondering. I didn't. I slept. I'm sorry. I'm I'm uh, a fuddy-duddy. I'm old. I can't help it. But you know what? I enjoyed my rest. I got a good weekend of laying flat. No work for a whole weekend. It was fabulous. And now I'm back to the grind, Monday through Friday, day and night. I love it. It's the cross in the background, Jake. It's different. No, ma'am, that's not it. But you're close. Whoa, what's the honor, Jake? He, 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 he. The plans are working so far. I think somebody figured it out. What is it? Somebody's got to say it, though. You don't get any points unless you say it. Oh, I can't wait, I'll tell you. MVTV got a wrench. You've been promoted. Congratulations, my friend. There's a cupcake in the refrigerator for you. You can get it on your first break. <laughs> uh, if you guys haven't seen it, go check out MVTV's channel. He's made some pretty, pretty cool uh, Jake Johnson fan art, and I love it. And it it got 
reprimanded almost immediately. Somebody saw it and then had some snooty thing to say about it. It was wonderful. I loved it, every minute of it. Just so happens I know the person and they were defending me because they thought it was a, a, a grind against me. Didn't understand the joke, but it was a good joke and I appreciated it. And thank you so much. Hmm. <laughs> hey, Kevin Cox. I'm sorry, smoking auditor. Welcome, April. We love you. You know that. I missed you last night. I was alone. Alone. No moderators. Thank God nothing went down. Because if it did, I would have had to fend for myself like a little baby in the woods, just sh swatting trolls away all by myself. Oh, okay. But we got another mod in the chat, so that's beautiful. <coughs> Earphones, microphone, nope. MVTV got a wrench. That's what was new. That's the new thing. She's still trying to figure it out. She's like, I don't get it. What happened? <laughs> Yay. You finally gave the wrench. Bravo. The wrench. The wrench. Ranch. You get a wrench. No horses, though. Just a wrench. Loving the TV. Congratulations. Now you can help me. Aha. Yeah, I knew what you meant. It's that text talky thing. Smoking auditor, how was your weekend, sir? Thanks for dropping by. We had some lovely conversations on the old Caucasian Sasquatches channel the other day. Hopefully I can do more of that. I'm trying to branch out and do more, you know, uh, humanitarian work, you know, touch other channels and such. I am eager to check my email because I put a post out or a request out to a uh, person of interest that I would like to do a show with. And if I get a response, I'll tell you about it. I can't tell you about it right now because it's a surprise. It's a pretty big name, though. So I'm hoping I get a response. We are a very small channel, so I doubt we'll get a response. He'll probably just put it in the spam and just keep moving, but... If he responds, fingers crossed, we might have something very interesting coming very soon. And you deserve nothing less than the absolute best. The Wrench Ranch. That's what we're going to call it from now on. Welcome to the Wrench Ranch, folks. Uh, welcome to the Wrench Ranch, where the wagons are wobbly weekly. What's up? I'm so sad now about you being alone. Yeah, it was pretty terrible. But you know what? I know you needed a break, so I ain't I'm not I'm not picking on you. I'm just giving you a hard time, baby. My weekend was good, says the smoking auditor. Well, that's fantastic. I'm glad. Hey, hey, hey. I gotta stop the presses. We got a genuine, bona fide, certified, USDA approved. Grand Slam Sports Update from Kevin Cox. The Georgia Bulldogs beat the Ohio State Suckeyes 42-41. Now we play the TCU Horny Frogs next Monday for the National Championship. Go dogs! That's a good one. Good one. Thank you, sir. Fab Daddy, welcome. 
Good to see you, my friend. Hey, I made it for the sports update. See, Kev, you're more famous than I am. Everybody wants to hear that sports update. It's beautiful. I made a graphic for it and everything, just in your honor. Mm. I need a picture of your face to put on the graphic, though. Like a like one of those spinny things like uh, is on NBC, you know what I mean? Like in the little corner. Have me and you standing side by side, but at oddly acute angles and then spin. Hmm. That would be weird. Just in time, Fab Daddy. Fab Daddy, hello, love, says April. I'm sorry, guys. I'm driving. I'm almost at my destination, but oh, totally understand in the MVTV. Much respect, much love. Well, he earned it. He deserves it. He's been a very faithful viewer. He hasn't missed an episode in quite a long time. And those things matter. They count. And he's going above and beyond for the channel. And that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for people that care about what we're doing here. That's where I give the wrenches. I don't just give them to everybody. It's a special thing, and it should be special. It's honorable. And now you're like a like a hall monitor. You're a, you, you got one of those orange badges that go across your chest, you know, a sash. And you can tell people to walk and not run and, and get to class and, you know, the stuff you're supposed to do. Write people up for being tardy, smoking in the boys' room. You smoke out here with me, damn it. I might be out of cigarettes. You're hiding it. My face. <laughs> That's creepy. MBTV says, hello, Kevin Cox and the Smoking Auditor and all. Welcome to the show. Woohoo. Now, if one of you happens to hear me mention a uh, website or an address of some kind, be sure to write it in the chat. Um, just kind of help me keep up with making sure everybody sees references to things that I'm talking about if that should occur. Like if I say, go check out Caucasian Sasquatch's channel. Put a little link to this channel there. That, those kind of things. And then, obviously, kick out trolls. And uh, every now and then, don't forget to mention about uh, liking and subscribing and, uh, you know, whatever. That's, in, that's your purview. I'll never tell you what to do. You do it how you feel like you should do it. You are the man and the woman with the power. I'm just the the news anchor. Last week... I ordered a taco salad just for my buddy Jake Johnson. Ooh, I love a taco salad. That is the quintessential perfect meal. It has everything in it, and you can eat the bowl. No dishes. Genius. Mind blown. Whoever decided to come up with that was a genius. It's got everything. Vegetables, meat, hot stuff, that green thing, whatever it is. Delicious. I don't care sour cream, and you can eat the bowl. I mean, come on. Yes, yes, I wanted you to give him one months ago, and I did too, but I wanted to make sure that he was on board with it, you know. I don't want to just bestow that power on somebody that doesn't want it. Well, that would be mean. It's got to be desirable. You know what I'm saying? 
you got to want to be part of what's going on. If you don't want to be part of what's going on, you're obvious about it. You'll show it. But if we've had personal conversations, if you've went above and beyond in some way for the channel, if you care about the content that's being pressed out to the people, you are what I'm looking for. We're building a team here, a family. And I'm the godfather, and I'm making you an offer you can't refuse. Capiche? I have no idea what I just said, but it sounded cool. I'm excited. Yes, Jake, he did. LOL. Oh, yep. Same guy that developed the chowder sourdough bowl. Really? That's interesting. Because one sounds like it's from up north, like like uh, Maine or something like that. A chowder. Got a chowder bowl over here. And then the other one's completely Mexican. Either way, they're delicious. I'm parking now. Got to go get some tea. And I'm here and watching. Thank you, love. Sniff. I just wanted to make you laugh far out. Well, you made me laugh, and I appreciated the work you did. You are, to date, one of two people who have made fan art for me, and I appreciate it. It means a lot to me. I work very hard for you people, and that little bit of appreciation just makes my day, and I appreciate it so much, and I keep it. I download it and put it in my little folder, and I bring it out from time to time and brag on the good work. So, you know, you're appreciated. <laughs> Yes, I go in and watch when I see Caucasian on, and like, also, I do stay and watch, too. Hmm. Yes, right on, Vab Daddy. So sorry I was lagging. I'm caught up now. We're good. Oh, wow, two in one show. I don't know what to do with myself. I'm beside myself. Kevin Cox. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat Carolina Pussycats this weekend at 5 to 8, or is that 8 to 8? I can't see because I'm blind as a bat. Clinched their division. Now playing the Dallas Cowgirls in the first round of the playoffs. Go, Bucks! I should do this for a living. I'm pretty good at this stuff. I get better views if I shill on more famous types like you. Well, I'm not famous by no stretch of the imagination anymore, but I appreciate the compliment. Suck it, Kevin. Eh. <laughs> Them's fighting words there. Friendly sports rivalry. My sports ball is better than your sports ball. I am a Panthers fan, says uh, Fab Daddy. Well, I am a chat fan. I love to chat. Back to you, Jake. Back to you, Kev. We could just have a whole show of doing that. Back to you, Kev. Back to you, Jake. Back to you, Kev. Back to you, Jake. Back to you, Kev. Back to you, Jake. That would be monotonous and hilarious. What do you think? I am giddy with uh, delirium, by the way. I've been up for two days, and I'm tired. But not sleepy, just tired. Had a rough weekend. Slow, but rough. 
I'm just annoying, LOL. No, you're not. You're lovely. You are the light in the chat. You bring grace to the darkness. And we need you. You're like the quintessential female in the bunch. Without you, this is just a sausage fest. I like sausage, don't get me wrong, but too much of anything is a bad thing. Sorry, Fab Daddy, for the loss. Ooh. LOL. Surprised they had a shot in the week 17. I'm guessing that's your team that you're talking about. I don't know anything about sports, so I'm lost in the conversation. But I like the uh, enthusiasm. I don't even know if Montana has any teams outside the universities and mistaking them are fighting words. <laughs> I don't know if Montana does either. I don't think I recall hearing any Montana. Maybe like a like a hockey team or something. I don't know. I have no idea what I'm talking about. You want to see a man look dumb, put me involved in a sports conversation, and I will be the dumbest guy in the room which is rare for me, so congratulations. Yes, Fab Daddy, much love, hon. Thanks for being here with us. We love you. That's a fact, and I, I concur, doctor. April is the lady that both gives us cred and makes us look better. That's a fact, Jack. Smoking Auditor, I'm more just listening than watching right now because I'm moving stuff. Well, as long as you're paying attention, buddy, uh, it's like uh, how I teach guitar. I don't care if you play the chord with your toes. As long as it sounds good, it's good. Yeah, smoking's still here. Wow, we sent that at the same time. Great minds think alike. We got a nice chat started right off the bat. That's way better than last night. Last night, it looked like there were only two people here. I didn't, I, every time I looked up at the stats, two people. So I was like, man, this is a slow night. Maybe everybody's hung over. As soon as the show ended and I put it up on YouTube, there was 24 people watching. Go figure. They just don't all want to watch live, I guess. Or maybe they can't communicate in some way there is some discrepancy with people using certain phones that won't allow them to see the chat for some reason i've got a couple friends that have had that problem thus far and i don't know how to fix it and it bothers me because you should be able to see the chat it's part of youtube but apparently some phones just won't show it <laughs> this is all uh tangential evidence i have no idea for sure if that's the phone's fault or the youtube's fault or the user's fault. I don't know because I can't look at their phone. But I did have one in my hands at one time and I couldn't see the chat either. So don't know. Last night had dinner with mom. Oh man I would give everything I had twice over to do that <laughs> with my mom not yours. No offense. I'm sure she's lovely but my mom was my best friend and she's now somebody else's best friend. Yes, Fab Daddy, list stuff properly so I don't hurt my back or get another hernia. Mm. Lift stuff properly, yes. 
Oh, I see. Smoking back straight, lift with your legs. That's right. That's what he was saying. I missed things every now and then. I like it when the chat's going so fast that I miss stuff because that means people are engaged, but I don't like missing stuff because it makes me have to think about what I'm saying. That's right. You're helping a friend move. Duh, continue smoking. Sorry. That's awesome, though. It is awesome to help a friend move. That's when you find out who your friends are, when you got to move or you need a ride to the airport or you need to get bailed out of jail. That's when you know who your friends are. If you're watching YouTube through a YouTube app, you can participate in chat. Is that what it is? So maybe it's the app they're using. Is that what you're saying? I thought there was only one way to get to YouTube, and that was to go to YouTube. But if there's an app, maybe she should just update the app, and that might fix it. I'll, I'll pass that message along and see if it helps. Kevin says, I agree, Jake. I miss my mom. I enjoy the time while you can. Enjoy the time while you can. Yes, please do, because she will not be there forever. And uh, if you're still here when she's not, that seems a whole lot sooner than it should be. And it becomes acutely uh, a thing you're aware of acutely, like when it when it happens after the ma after the whole thing, you're just like in a silent room and everything's buzzing in silence. That's how it feels to me anyway. It's just not right. Something's amiss. Like when George Jones died, the world just didn't feel the same weight anymore. Didn't have the same uh, feeling on my skin that something was wrong, you know. I miss my mom. She was a very smart person, She's the smartest person I ever knew, and I gave her hell constantly. We fought like cats and dogs, and if you didn't know us, you'd thought we hated each other. We did not. We just loved to argue. We sharpened our teeth on each other, and it was glorious. And I've yet to ever find anybody that can withstand it. Their knees start shaking at about 20 minutes in and their eyes glass over and they just can't take it. And uh, I missed that woman. She was tough. It seems you have a lot of people watching your stream after they're posted. That's true. I wish they watched while we were doing it, but as long as they're watching, that's all that matters. The whole point is to get the word out and let people hear it and hear something that's true without any garbage attached, without any denomination or part, partisan view or anything like that. Just the truth. The world needs more of that. We're severely lacking in true statements and true people and true intentions. And that's what the point of this channel is, is to say something that's true that you can count on, that you can look back and verify this is the truth. And maybe somebody can learn from that. Maybe it can help somebody's life improve. Maybe it can give them solace or strength when they need it. Maybe it can be uh, a place to go when they have nowhere else to go. Maybe it can be any number of things that are altruistic and necessary in this world in an ever-waning population of people that can think beyond TikTok. We need something tangible, something tangential to the rest of the world. We live in a dichotomy, up and down, left and right, yin-yang, black, white, 
you name it, Coke, Pepsi, it's everywhere. To have one solid fact that you know is the truth is comforting on many levels. And I hope that I am sincere enough to put that across properly. Yes, you can download streams on YouTube. There are several different apps. I have one only. I just go to YouTube. I didn't even know there was a YouTube app. That's how smart I am. I know, says April. I miss her, too. Yep. Big time. I just hit that like button, everybody. If you have not hit it, then do it now, says Kevin Cox. You tell him, buddy. You tell him how it is. Okay. Thank you, Kevin Love. My regret being thousands of miles away from my family, but nothing to do about that. And moving closer would be a disaster for all concerned very quickly. I do understand that. I've got some family that are kind of like that, too. And uh, it's, it's a tragedy, but there's different people for different things. Coffee brewing, ready to learn. Well, that's fantastic because we're at just the right time to start. Let's go down, shall we? Mm. We are still in the book of Leviticus. That's the book of the law. That is the Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. That's the third book, I think. I don't know. I can't count. Past four. Anyway, we are in chapter 21, verse 22. That's where we left off yesterday after some very intense one-liners. It's great. God can lay it down. He should have been a rat battler or something. Sounds good, Fab Daddy. Yeah, I just had a cup of coffee and it was wonderful. I stopped by my buddy Max's house to check on him, make sure everything was going all right. And he fed me a piece of chicken and it was fabulous that he cooked on the grill with some mild Texas peat hot sauce and it was wonderful. I recommend everybody eat chicken. It's delicious. Now, if you got your Bibles handy, crack them open to the great book of Leviticus, chapter 21, verse 22. And it goes a little something like this. Would help if I had a book opened, right? And he shall eat the bread of his God, both of the most holy and of the holy. What does that mean? We're talking about the priests in this instance and the one who is responsible for putting together the sacrifices. And inside the tabernacle is the holy place. And inside the inside of the tabernacle is a smaller room in the center. If you're looking at the top of it, it's shaped like a cross, the tabernacle is. It has two wings that look like a cross. And in the center of that cross is a little room. And that room is surrounded by drapery. And inside of that's called the holiest of holies. That's the most holy place in the tabernacle. That's also quite literally where the Ark of the Covenant is resting. And upon the top of that is the mercy seat or the lid of the Ark of the Covenant. That's God's throne on this earth. If you want to know more about angels, specifically the two cherubim that are atop of that throne, I highly recommend Wendigoon on YouTube. Wendigoon, that's W-E-N-D-I-G-O-O-N. 
and look for his video on angels. It's very um, eye-opening. You should check that out. Only he shall not go in unto the veil, nor come near unto the altar, because he hath a blemish, that he profane not my sanctuaries, for I the Lord do sanctify them. Now this, this is a, a thing we were reading earlier, and I may go back up and read it again just so you get the gist, because we're talking about the people who are involved directly with handling the sacrifices, right? They cannot be imperfect in any way. They have to not only be perfect in spirit, but physically perfect as well. American Justice of Texas, welcome to the show. Thank you for gracing us with your presence. I'm an angel in another life. Honey, you're an angel in this one. Just so you know. Chicken is foul. <laughs> I see what you did there. Okay, I'm going to jump back up to 2118 just for a moment so that you'll understand what we're talking about here. For whatsoever man he hath be that hath a blemish, he shall not approach a blind man or a lame man or he that hath a flat nose. Yes, that's specific. Or anything super, superfluous meaning anything out of the ordinary, freckles, a big ear, three nipples. Those people can't be involved in the sacrificing. They have to all be not only high priests of the sons of Aaron, Levites, but they must also be physically blemishless. Uh, a man that has a broken foot or a broken hand or is crook-backed or a dwarf or a midget. Can you say midget? I think I just did. Or that hath a blemish in his eye, like a sty in the eye. I insist. Ha, 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 ha. Or scurvy, which is a vitamin C deficiency. So you can't even have be low in vitamin A if you're going to be involved in the sacrifices to the Lord. You have to be perfect as you can be on this earth. You can't have any scabs or have his stones broken, which means you can't have kids because your uh, testicle has been ruptured. Can't do that. No man that hath a blemish of the seed of Aaron, that's the Levites, the priest shall come near to offer the offerings of the Lord made by fire. He hath a blemish, he shall not come near to offer the bread of his God. You can't do it. If you're if you got a lazy eye, if you got a wild hair growing out of your eyebrows, if you got a gray streak in your hair, anything out of the ordinary can't be that way. It has to be specifically blemishless. And that's what we're talking about here in 2123. Only he shall not go in unto the veil, he that has blemishes, nor come near unto the altar. He can't even walk up close to the altar because he hath a blemish. He that Profane not my sanctuaries, for I, the Lord, do sanctify them. I am perfect, says God, and when I sanctify something, it is perfect and clean and pristine and the most holy that it can be. And you can't bring any outside influence into that to diminish its holiness. That's what he's referring to. He's not trying to make everybody offended. He's not being politically incorrect. He's not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. 
this is just the way he wants it done. And he's very, very articulate and specific about his needs. And Moses told it unto Aaron just the way God said it. And to his sons, who are the Levites under him, the high priests of the highest priest, which is Aaron, and unto all the children of Israel. So everybody knows if you got a flat nose or a wild hair growing out of it or ear hair or that mold that grows on your back right under your belt, you can't go in and be part of that. Doesn't sound too charitable to me. Am I missing something? No, sir, you're not. And it has nothing to do with charity. Charity is another word for love. God does love his people, even the ones that have blemishes. However, you have to understand what a sacrifice is. First of all, it's dinner. Clearly, they're, they're barbecuing. Basically, they're doing all the same things you would do in a barbecue, except the blood of that sacrifice covers the sin of the mankind that is involved, This the, the Israelites. That's what the sacrifice is for, is to atone for sin. So it has to be perfect because we're talking about your soul. We're talking about matters of a spiritual realm which do connect and come into the physical realm in ways that we can't understand because we are three-dimensional beings. We live in this realm, so therefore we can't see outside of it. But God can, and there are things interacting with us all the time, and everything matters. And in this instance, he wants anybody that's involved in handling the sacrifice or presenting the sacrifice to God it's kind of like a king wanting hotties to come bring the mail. He don't want a fat girl to bring the mail. He wants a supermodel to bring the mail because he's king. That's what he wants. I don't know why he wants it, but that's his thing. That's his freak flag. Let his freak flag fly. You know what I'm saying? But I do understand your trepidation about this, but this is how God wants it. And the ultimate answer to any question of that nature is we're talking about God the creator of all things. If he wants it, people to be pur purple pokey dotted, then you better get a marker, you know, because that's what he wants. But he says it very clearly, left a book with the instructions so that nobody misses it. So that's his charity right there, making sure that you understand. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and to his sons, that they separate themselves from the holy things of the children of Israel, and that they profane not my holy name in those things which they hallow unto me. I am the Lord. Now, just for clarity and edification, I'm going to look up the word hallow so that we know what we're actually talking about here. Not Halloween, Hallow. I did not type Halloween. Whew. Honor as glory. That's all it says. The Ganges is a hallowed and sacred cleansing river. No, it's not. They burn people in crematories and dump the ashes in the Ganges. Do not drink or touch that water. It's not pure. 
Don't let them lie to you. But that's what the word hallow means, to honor as holy. And if you know what the word holy means, it's of God. It is of the heavenly realm. It's holy. And when you hallow something, it becomes holy. You understand? This is actually a clue for you. If you think about it, you got to think to the side, think around the situation a little bit. But what God is saying here indirectly is that every living thing in heaven is perfect. And you're going to be there one day. Does that tell you anything about you? Your heavenly body, your spiritual form will be perfect without blemish when you enter into heaven. You will be of a perfect age. A lot of people think 32 because that's the age of accountability or whatever. I don't care, but that's what a lot of people have suggested over the years. But no gray hair, no back aches, no long fingernails, perfectly symmetrical faces. You will be perfect in your spiritual form. That's a what's in between the lines here. But what he's saying specifically is that the boys of Aaron, the, the, these are the priests that control all of the uh, things concerning the sacrifices and the bread of God from the show, showbread table. He's saying that they have to separate themselves from everybody else. They have to be completely hallowed among themselves so that they can present the atonement for everyone else's sin, they can't be um, profaned. They can't be dirty. They have to be clean and pure and hallowed and holy when they enter into this function. That's what he's saying here. And then he caps it off as he always does with, I am the Lord, period. That's a very specific statement. So only the perfect can enter the house of the Lord. Hmm, no, that's not what it said. Only the perfect can handle the sacrifice in the house of the Lord. And also a Levite. You have to be a Levite also. Uh, somebody from the tribe of Dan can't do it. Only the Levites are charged with being the high priests. Hello, beautiful. I, okay, got it, says MBTV. The officiants have to be up to par. Yo, Ajot. Yes, that's correct. I'm blessed to be alive and sober, April, but things are hard. Yes, they are, sweetheart. Yes, they are. But hang in there. You're strong. You've got strength in your spirit, and you can handle it. You are a child of God. You've got what it takes. Just dig deep and find it, and you can get it done. I have faith in you. I hate the saying that God won't give you more than you can handle is BS. Well, honey, it's not in the Bible. The Bible doesn't say that. God often gives you more than you can handle. You just got to be tough enough and get it done. Find that faith. If you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. Imagine what you could do with a whole cup of that stuff.
getting behind, so I'm going to try to catch up before we move on. I don't know, AJ. Hey, ATL Transparency News, welcome to the show. You snuck up on me, but I'm glad you're here. Thanks for dropping in. You still here, AJ, aren't you? I think so. I am, says ATL. Good to see you. I'm coming, Kevin. Hey, you don't need to tell everybody. Jeez, calm down with your excitement. <laughs> I hope faith and strength are being challenged bad. I am weak ATM at the moment. I got it. I got one. I'm not too old. Well, in times of weakness, that's when it's a good time to lean on your friends. And you have friends. And if you need somebody to talk you through a situation or just listen while you vent, there I bet you there's 20 ears that will come to your aid right now. All you got to do is reach out, and nobody here will turn you away. And if they do, they'll hear from me. You know what I'm saying? Just hang on a little longer. You are here. That's right, ATL. Thank you, sir. Smoking Auditor says, hey, Jock and ATL. Smoking Auditor, we're here for you, Jock. We love you, says April, and that's a fact. I seem to keep losing my seed. Well, if at first you don't succeed, keep on sucking till you do succeed. I was lurking for a while. Well, I'm glad you've made yourself availed. God continues. Say unto them, whosoever he be, of all your seed among your generations, all the Levites, that goeth unto the holy things. That's the qualifier. If you go to the holy things, if you are handling or involved in managing the holy things of the tabernacle, which the children of Israel hallow unto the Lord, having his uncleanness upon him, that soul shall be cut off from my presence. I am the Lord. God ain't playing. He means it. You've got to be perfect. You've got to be as clean and as holy and as pure as you can be because you've been set aside to be a high priest, and it's a serious job. That's what he's saying here. Don't come in slacking. That's what he's saying. What man soever of the seed of Aaron is a leper, if you mess around and get the herps or have a runny issue, he shall not eat of the holy things until he be clean. Well, God, I hope so. I'd hate to be chowing down on some bread and look over and see my buddy's finger fall off. That's not appetizing. That's obvious. Go wash your hands and get out of the kitchen, man. Jesus, you got the herpes. Move on. <laughs> and whosoever touches anything that is unclean by the dead or a man whose seed goeth from him, boys, if you touch any of that stuff that proceeds from your seed giver while handling it, <clears throat> 
or whosoever toucheth any creeping thing, don't touch bugs either, whereby may be made unclean, whereby he may be made unclean, or a man of whom he may take uncleanness, whatsoever uncleanness he hath. It doesn't matter what manner of unclean it is. Don't bring it into the holy place and handle the holy things. Don't do it. At the very least, wash your hands. You know what I'm saying? The soul which hath touched any such shall be unclean until evening and shall not eat of the holy things because it's gross. Again, you got the herpes. You don't even need to be in here with people. Go clean yourself up unless he washes flesh with water. What water? Specifically the water from the River Jordan, which we know today to be full of natural lye, which is a, a form of soap, probably because of a lot of carcasses dying in the region. A lot of wars and such. My eyes are seeing taste. How can my eyes taste? Hang on a little longer. It's trying to tell you. <laughs> you have synesthesia, my friend. Dum, 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 says April. I'm reading backwards. So I don't know what we're talking about yet. Ouch, hope he's okay. Oh, the football player fell. He's seriously hurt, and the game has stopped for five minutes. Well, hopefully it's not that serious. April says, I understand what you mean. And when the sun is down, he shall be clean and shall afterwards eat of the holy things because it is his food. Now, you see, even though God is so strict that he won't even let you go in if you hadn't cleaned under your fingernails, he still will allow you to have your portion. You just can't do it while everybody else is around. Why? Because that's how germs spread. And even 4,500 years ago, God knew about germs. He created them. So he knew about them, and he gave warning as to how not to spread them and get your whole village killed by, you know, things like uh, smallpox and blankets and such. Because they didn't know. They had no idea. But that did occur at one time. But it was not planned because they didn't understand germ theory. God does, though. So when he says to wash your hands, there's a good reason for it. Or wash with water or whatever he tells you to do. But he still will allow you to have your portion. You just have to do it later. After the holy stuff is over. That which dieth of itself or is torn with beasts, he shall not eat to defile himself therewith. I am the Lord. Why is that? Well, that's obvious. If something is dead already when you find it, you have no idea what killed it. It could have been a snake bite. could be a disease. could be any number of things bad. You don't eat things that are already dead. Unless you kill it, you don't eat it. Or if you come upon something that's torn with a beast, well, in those days, beasts were vegetarians. You understand? They didn't eat meat. So why would a beast tear another beast to shreds? Well, it probably has rabies or something similar. Because that will cause that. So why would you not want to eat something that's torn by another animal? Because animals carry diseases 
and that's a good way to get yourself killed over time, or at the very least, some kind of parasite. You don't want to do that. So even back then, God was trying to warn them of how to do things properly so they don't get sick. Because we're talking about nomads. They live in the desert. They eat anything they get their hands on. They may not eat for a week. So if they got some food, they're going to eat it. But God's saying, hey, do it this way. Because if you do it the other way, you might not survive it. I am the Lord, says God. Meaning, pay attention. I know what I'm talking about. They shall therefore keep mine ordinances, lest they bear sin for it and die therefore. If they profane it, I, the Lord, do sanctify them. Don't profane things. Don't profane God's ordinances. Don't pervert them or twist them around to suit your own needs. You just do as he says do because he sanctified those ordinances. They are right. They are correct. You don't have to think about it. It's right. So just follow it. And again, I would like to stress that we're talking about rules for the Israelites only who are involved in the tabernacle. This is not for the whole world. This is for these people specifically. However, it's good sage advice, and it won't hurt you to follow these rules. Thanks, Jake, for explaining it all. I love it. Well, I love you. The old churches used to run the holy water over silver to purify it. It's amazing they knew those things before they knew there was bacteria. Correct. Well, they knew it because it's written in the Bible. They didn't know it. They just read about it, and so they did it. Right? They were following God's words. Every answer to every question you can ever ask is in this Bible. Somewhere in some form, you just have to look for it. Read until it comes clear to you. There shall no stranger eat of the holy things, a sojourner of the priest or a, a visitor, a guest, or a hired servant shall not eat of the holy things. Why? Well, because they're meant for the Israelites. There's 12 tribes of Israelites. It's not meant for everyone else. It's not meant for strangers or Gentiles or however you look at it. This is specifically for God's chosen people, these rules. And the sacrifices are for them, not everyone else. Understand? That's why Jesus came for everyone else. It's a big master plan, and you can only see little slivers of it at, at any given time until the big picture becomes clearer over time as you become more educated in the Word of God, as you get, delve deeper into the mysteries and the secrets and the, the little codes, and you begin to see it later on as, as a, a seasoned scholar of the Word, which you are well on your way to becoming. I apologize. There's a motorcycle or something passing by. That's pretty loud. Sorry about that. But as you become a seasoned scholar in the Word of God, you can begin to glimpse the big picture a little more clearly, and it begins to make a little more sense, all these little things that seem completely arbitrary at the moment. But as you grow, you will become aware that all of these little arbitrary things add up to big, specific things for big, specific reasons. 
this particular thing is concerning God's chosen people, just the tribe of Israel, just the 12 tribes, not anyone else. And that's what we are the sojourners, by the way, in this scenario. But if the priest buy any soul with his money, like a slave, he shall eat of it. And he that is born in his house, they shall eat of his meat. Why? Because it's not the same kind of slavery that you're used to hearing about. You know how comedians will always say, well, the Bible condones slavery. It's not the same kind of slavery. We're not talking about black people who were brought over from Africa and beaten by Southerners. That's not what's going on here. If you were indentured to a home, you were part of that family. They took care of you. They fed you. They clothed you. They gave you work. And in turn, you did a service for them, usually to pay off some debt that you already owed or to buy something that you couldn't afford. You would indenture yourself for a certain number of time so that you could have those things. And that's how things get built. That's how communities work. You do it today, we just call it a job, but it's the same principle. Now, if you're born into that household, you are family. You're no longer a stranger, even if you don't have the blood, even if you're not of that tribe. If you were born into that family, you are family, which is, means you are entitled to the meat that is allotted for that family. You get the big picnic. Understand? If the priest's daughter also be married unto a stranger, she may not eat of an offering of the holy things. Why? Because he's a stranger. And the daughter is no longer the father's. When she's married off, she's now the husband's, and that makes it his purview, and he's the stranger. So that's not the same thing as marrying into the family. You're marrying out of the family, right? But if the priest's daughter be a widow or divorced and have no child, there's the caveat. If there's no offspring from the sojourner and is returned unto her father's house as in her youth, meaning that he's now taking care of her again, she moved back into his basement because it didn't work in the real world, she shall eat of her father's meat, but there shall be no stranger eat thereof. If you're not part of the family, you don't get part of the inheritance. That's what they're saying. And if a man eat of the holy things unwittingly, if he doesn't know he's doing it, then he shall be put, then he shall put the fifth part thereof unto it and shall give it unto the priests with the holy thing. In other words, you got to pay it back more than you took if you did it unknowingly. I believe that's what that's saying. Then he shall put the fifth part thereof unto it, the fifth part of the thing that he took, and shall give it to the priest with the holy thing that he took. Does that make sense? Sounded like it did. Anyway. And they shall not profane the holy things of the children of Israel. That's the 12 tribes. Which they offer unto the Lord or suffer them to bear the iniquity of trespass. When they eat their holy things, for I, the Lord, do sanctify them. You can't... See, how can I put this? 
you can't profane the holy things. You can't make it wicked. You can't do perverse things with it. You can't have leftovers. You can't mix it up into something different. It has to be specific. This is the way it is for a reason, because it is in service of covering the sin or providing the forgiveness or whatever the sacrifice is for. Might be a peace offering, might be a wave offering or a heave offering or a sin offering or whatever, trespass offering. And if in that case, you can't suffer the trespass onto the person for the iniquity of their sin, because this is a sacrifice. It's not just dinner. April says, Ajot, you are a leader for love and war. You are a fighter and angel. You are protected. That's beautiful, April. Thank you. And why can't you do these things? Because the Lord has already sanctified them. They're already holy. They're already perfect. You can't undo what God has done. Whatsoever God puts together, let no man tear asunder. That's in the Bible. It's in Psalms, I believe. I might be wrong. can't remember where it's at. Anyway, but it, it is in there. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and to his sons and to all the children of Israel, and say unto them, Whatsoever he be of the house of Israel or of the strangers in Israel, that will offer his oblation for all his vows. An oblation is um, wine and corn, whatever. Let's look it up. What is an oblation? It is a thing presented or offered to God or a God, lowercase g. No, you don't offer things to a God. You offer them to the God. An oblation is anything offered like wine or corn. Uh, the Masons would pour oblations over their cornerstones and little rituals like that. So anybody, whether they be of the ch children of Israel or not, and they offer their oblation. Let me get back to where I was. For the vows, what are the vows? Those are when you take a holy sacrament, when you promise to do something, when you swear allegiance to someone or to something, or you promise to do something a specific way. You've made a vow, and you've offered an oblation to honor that vow. And for all his free will offerings, which they will offer unto the Lord for a burnt offering, Ye shall offer at your own will a male without blemish of the beeves, of the sheep, or of the goat. I'm not sure what a beeve is, but it sounds like it eats wood. Let's find out. What is a beeve? Beef, a beef creature, <laughs> a cow. It's just another word for cattle. Okay, so if you've offered cattle without blemish or sheep or goats, you have to do it of your own free will. It's not something that is required of you. You have to willingly do it, you see, for a free will offering, which means 
something we don't understand today. This is lost in translation, what a free will offering is and why you would make it. It's not specific, but it does say for a free will offering, you must offer of your own free will, which means it must be your idea and you must bring it of your own accord and offer it and then it will be accepted. But it can't be required of you because it's free will. But whatsoever hath a blemish, that shall you not offer, for it shall not be acceptable for you. It won't do the job. If it has a blemish, it won't cover the sin or whatever it is you're offering the sacrifice for. It won't do it. It has to be without spot or blemish. Why? Well, the only example I can think of is Jesus. When God made his offering to us, his offering was perfect without spot or blemish. It was literally perfect in every way. That's what he did for his love of us. So he's requiring in advance for you to do the same thing on a smaller scale, just like he did with Abraham and Isaac when he asked Isaac to be killed uh, by the hand of Abraham. He did not want Abraham to kill his son. He just wanted to know that he was willing to. That was enough. And when he saw that he was, he not only stopped it, but he provided a lamb for the sacrifice. That's allegorical for his son who he provided for the sacrifice instead of Abraham's son. You see how that connects both ways? God provided the sacrifice for him, for all of us. And it's the only one necessary from now on. There's no more sacrifices necessary because Christ became the sacrifice for all sin or for all forgiveness, or for all whatever you would sacrifice an animal for, he became that thing. And he did it of his own free will because he loved us that much. So on a smaller scale, your little goat should be without spot or blemish because it's only fair. After all, And whosoever offers a sacrifice of peace offerings unto the Lord to accomplish his vow or a free will offering of the cattle or sheep, it shall be perfect to be accepted. There shall be no blemish therein. Doesn't matter why you're doing the sacrifice. You better make effort to make sure it's perfect. Because if not, you're wasting everybody's time. It's not going to be acceptable. God don't like it. I hate it when my fire falls off. Blind or broken or maimed or having wind, meaning a limp, or scurvy, a vitamin C deficiency, or scabbed, ye shall not offer these unto the Lord nor make an offering by fire of them upon the altar unto the Lord. They don't go there. You take the best animal you have, and you sacrifice that animal. Either a bullock or a lamb that hath anything superfluous or lacking in his parts, no missing limbs, no broken horns, no one eye, no teeth missing. It's got to be perfect. 
that mayest thou offer for a free will offering, but for a vow it shall not be accepted. Well, first of all, you shouldn't be making vows. But if you're going to make a vow, you better damn well keep it. And it better be based on something solid, like a pure sacrifice. Ye shall not offer unto the Lord that which is bruised or crushed or broken or cut. Neither shall ye make any offering thereof in your hand. I'm sorry, in your land. Don't do it. It's very simple. When you bring something before the Father, you must take utmost care that it is clean and presentable. You, what is? Are they drag racing out there? What is that? I've never heard such noise on this street. I apologize. You must take care that it is without blemish, that it is well-groomed, that it is well taken care of, that it is clean, pure, honorable to be sacrificed for the Lord. It cannot be some crap you picked up on the side of the road, barely alive, just because so that you can save the good stuff for yourself. That's not what sacrifice is about. It's called a sacrifice for a reason, because it costs you something. That's the whole point. You give something that costs you, and God returns it in kind tenfold or sevenfold, or whatever his math is. You must understand that we live in a reciprocal universe. You have to give in order to receive. God's already done his part. That's why. It's your turn. If you want God's uh, blessings, then you have to give first of yourself, of your intellect, of your will, of your personality, of your love, of your best self. You must give first of your money, of your property, of your cattle. Whatever it is you plan to give, you must give with quality in mind because that's what you're asking for, isn't it? Do you want God to give you a half-assed blessing that doesn't really work, just appeases you in the moment, but as soon as you put any pressure on it, it falls to pieces? No. You want God to fix the problem. Whatever the problem is, you want it solved because your father is taking care of you because you came to him with a problem you couldn't handle yourself. So when that occurs, you want to be able to trust in your father that he does it, and he does it right every time. Well, how does he do that? Because you made an effort to meet him halfway by offering something of value to you something you're willing to be lost, something you're willing to let go of for the reciprocity to take effect. This is a very simple concept. It's give and receive. It's hand and be handed. But we're talking about God here, and he's already done his part. He's already saved you. You were saved from the moment you were conceived, created in his imagination. He saved you. And you didn't do anything for it. You don't even deserve it. You're not even worthy of it. Yet he did it anyway. So the rules that seem so out of place and so archaic and so specific, well, be bothered and follow the rules. Because what you've got in return already is so special and so great that you can't even imagine 
You can't exist. You can't draw a single breath without his permission. The hair on your head won't grow without his say-so. Everything you have and do, every feeling you experience, every thought that crosses your mind, every breath you take, he gave it to you for free. So if you require more from him, then you need to bring something to the table also. This is common sense. But I think that whatever's coming into my head has made the point clear enough, so let's move forward. I'm not trying to browbeat you. I'm just trying to make the point. Neither from a stranger's hand shall ye offer the bread of your God of any of these, because their corruption is in them, and blemishes be in them. They shall not be accepted for you. Well, who are we talking about here? Remember how God was bringing the people into the land of Canaan, and he said, don't bother with those people. They're being spat out by the land because of their corruption, because of their whole pages of stuff we read yesterday of sins they're guilty of. Well, those would be the strangers you would have among you because you were brought out of Egypt as a slave not too long ago. So if you have strangers among you, you got them somewhere, probably from this land. They are already full of blemishes and corrupt. So you better not let one of those filthy hands be touching God's sacrifice as it's laid on the altar. Don't do that. Pay attention to who you are. Be pure into who you are. You can't change the past. You're not responsible for what other people do. But you better damn well know that you are responsible for what you do. And if you're going to offer something to the Lord, it better come from your heart, from your hands. We're talking again specifically about the people of Israel at this moment, not you personally, so don't take this personally, but it's good advice nonetheless. And yes, Fab Daddy, we are still talking about the big celestial barbecue. It is a barbecue. They're cooking food. They're eating the food. But the blood is involved in something spiritual. You understand? The act of sacrificing it is what's causing the forgiveness or the whatever that God is being asked for to happen. It's the sacrifice that counts. Think about the word sacrifice. It costs you something. It has to. A gift isn't free. Somebody has to pay for it. So don't let a stranger handle your bread that goes to God. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, When a bullock or a sheep or a goat is brought forth, then it shall be seven days under the dam from night, sorry, and from the eighth day and thenceforth it shall be acceptable, accepted for an offering made by fire under the Lord. What does that mean under the dam? Hmm. It must be held in a pen or covered for seven days. That's the only thing I can figure. The word dam is specific. It holds back the river. But I'm assuming in this context it means to be covered. Neither are barbecuing free. Correct. Correct. 
And whether it be a cow or a you, there'll never be another you, baby. You shall not kill it and her young both in one day. Why? Because it's mean. If you're going to kill the animal or one of its offspring, you can't do it both in the same day. You have to allow it time to process and maybe have another baby, you know. Don't do it all at one time. Don't kill the whole family is what he's saying. Separate your sacrifices. <clears throat> it doesn't matter what kind of animal it is. And when you will offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving unto the Lord, offer it of your own free will. If you're going to be thankful to God, if you're going to sacrifice something for thanksgiving, to, to recognize the gifts God has given you and be thankful for them, you must do that of your own accord. This isn't a requirement. This isn't something you follow as a rule. If you're going to do it, you must actually be thankful and do it of your own free will is what he's saying. On the same day, it shall be eaten up. You shall leave none of it until the morrow. I am the Lord. This is uh, self-explanatory. The act of sacrificing something is special. It's sacred. It's hallowed. It's holy. So you don't want leftovers. You don't want to drag it on for days. You eat it all, and whatever's left, you burn it with fire. You don't keep it for the third day because that's not what it's for. It's for that moment and the clarity of that instance for that sacrifice. And you eat it, and you partake of it, and the sacrifice is done. The act has happened. God has given the gift or bestowed the forgiveness or whatever it is you've asked for, and then you go on about your day. But you don't drag the, the sacrifice with you. You eat it or you burn it, period. Therefore shall ye keep my commandments and do them. I am the Lord. This is self-explanatory. There are ten commandments that pertain to everyone, not just the Israelites. Those ten commandments are for all people to follow, and they're common sense rules that keep a society together. It's the rules that our society in America are based upon. The laws that we follow are loosely drawn from the laws of Moses. Whether they will admit it or not, they are. Look for yourself if you don't believe me. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, Concerning the feasts of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feasts, say God. These are my parties. I'll cry if I want to. Six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest and holy convocation. Ye shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. This is very specific. What is he saying here? For God created the world in six days. He did all that he accomplished in those six days. And on the seventh day, he rested. The word Shabbat 
means peace or rest or to be covered. It's a refuge. It's a place of comfort. It's a place of relaxation. It's a place of safety. Shabbat, right? This word is repeated constantly in the Bible. It's almost what the Bible's about, right? It's almost the object we're talking about. So, when you take the Sabbath, there shall be no labor done in that day. None. You do not work on the Sabbath, which is a Saturday. If you want to know if we've keep kept the Saturday since the Garden of Eden, go back a few videos and watch my video on it that I did about the Sabbath. I don't remember if it's a specific video or a segment in a video, but it's just a few videos back. You can find it. And I'll probably do a short that explains specifically what we're talking about. It is incumbent upon these people to keep the Sabbath. It's one of the commandments against their soul because they're God's chosen people. They suffer if they don't keep the Sabbath, right? So it's they have to keep it, and they were good at it. And right on up till they were into captivity, they kept the Sabbath. And they kept it while they were in captivity. It's recorded in the Hebrew um, writings in Egypt and that sort of thing. And afterwards, when God pulled them out of Egypt and brought them back into the wilderness as free people, he re-educated them, which is what we're doing now, which is why we're doing all these rules and stuff, because God is re-educating these people who have been slaves for 450 years. They have all but forgotten their religion. They know who God is, but they don't remember culturally any of the rules that they were supposed to follow because they've been slaves for 450 years. The bad kind of slaves, you know, the get it done kind of slaves. So, God is re-educating them in this tabernacle. That's, it's a school for the Israelite. And so, they kept the Sabbath all the way through. And three times in the history of our uh, world, uh, rulers, Julius Caesar, so forth and so on, has changed the Bible. I'm sorry, the calendar. Gregory, Pope Gregory did it. Uh, the Alexandrians did it, and Julius Caesar did it. But every time they changed the calendar to make more specific the days of the year to fit the actual solar year, they did it in a way that preserved the seven-day week. So from the beginning, God gave us the first seven days. This is what happened on the first seven days. He created the world and all that is in it. And on the seventh day, he rested. And from that day forward, all these people have kept the seven-day cycle up until modern times. It has never been broken, not once, not ever. We have always had a seven-day cycle all the way back to the Garden of Eden. So, yes, we are still, our Sabbath is on Saturday. It always has been. If that makes any sense. So. And God's pretty specific. He don't want you working on the Sabbath. He wants you to rest. He wants complete Shabbat on Saturday, complete sanctuary, complete refuge, complete rest. You should try it. It's liberating. And you can get away with it because it's your religious belief. 
These are the feasts of the Lord, even the holy convocations which ye shall proclaim in their seasons. In the fourteenth day of the first month at evening is the Lord's Passover. That would be April, by the way. And this is 14 days beyond the spring equinox. So you can look on your calendar and find the spring equinox and then count 14 days. And on the 14th day at sundown begins Passover every year. Passover lasts for three days. So that's the first and the most important of the Passovers. Christ died at the beginning of Passover, right? A lot of things have occurred in the Bible in line with this. The angel of death went through Egypt on Passover. That may be the first uh, acknowledgement of Passover. That's the whole point of it, right? So lots of things occur on Passover, so you must know when it is. And it's 14 days past the spring equinox for anybody who cares. And yes, we will be doing something on this channel from now forward concerning the Passover because now we have been through the whole Bible and everyone here understands why we're doing it in remembrance of Christ. When he says here, take ye and eat and do this in remembrance of me, that's why we're doing it, not because we're Jewish. And if you wish to participate, you can. And it will be an enlightening spiritual thing for us to do as a group that we can all come together under Christ our Savior and do something nice for him. If you don't want to participate, that's all well and good. You can change the channel or just sit back and watch us do it. Either way, I'll, it'll be something like this. I'll have a little cracker and I'll have a little wine and I'll suggest you do the same. And then we'll read from the book and then we'll talk about why we're doing it. Then we'll read the Lord's Supper, Last Supper, and that'll be that. Very simple, very quick, nothing pageantry, no pageantry, nothing crazy, just in remembrance of Christ. <clears throat> Next. And on the 15th day of the same month is the Feast of Unleavened Bread unto the Lord. Seven days you must eat unleavened bread. Again, these are for the Hebrew people only, the Israelites. Seven heavenly bodies can be seen with our eyes. Hence, seven days. Well, that's not why seven days, but that may be so, that you can only see seven of the planets. I don't know that. I've never tried to count them. But I, I trust you. In the first day, ye shall have an holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein, no service don't do anything in service of anything else on that first day of this seven-day period of unleavened bread. Why unleavened bread? Well, leaven in the Bible has always been symbolic of sin. So when you're talking about leaven, when God's referring to leaven, he's referring to sin, or he's using it as an example of sin. God created the world in seven days, he wants you to eat unsinned bread for seven days. See how that works? I don't know why it works, but it, it it's God's logic. He knows what he's doing. Who are you talking to? I don't know what I'm talking about. But ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord seven days. In the seventh day, 
is in holy convocation. A convocation is where everybody gets together and does the same thing at once. Ye shall do no servile work therein, no service to anything. You can do other kinds of work, but nothing in service of anything else. Weird, I know. But if you're Hebrew, you're supposed to be weird. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye be come into the land which I give unto you, that's Canaan, by the way, and shall reap the harvest thereof, which will be seven years after they get there, because for the first three years they can plant, but they can't eat what grows, because it's got to rebuild, because the land has been become barren because of all the corruption. And the next two years they can eat some of it, but very little. But on the seventh year, they can harvest. And that's what he's referring to. <clears throat> and when you reap the harvest thereof, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest unto the priest. A sheaf is a measurement <laughs> or a container. And he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted for you. On the morrow after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. Can't do it on the Sabbath, but you can do it the next day. The first fruits are the best of what your vines grow, the best of your harvest. And a sheaf is a measurement amount, an amount of your first fruits, the first best stuff you grow that goes to God. And then you can have the rest. And you shall offer that day when you wave the sheaf and he lamb without blemish of the first year for a burnt offering made unto the Lord. Why a first year lamb? Why male? All these things are symbolic of Christ. And uh, he was sacrificed in his 33rd year. But the first year is symbolic. Think about what happened in the first year. That was the uh, what we call the nativity scene occurred in that first year. And the wise men came and proclaimed him to be king. And they gave him kingly gifts like frankincense and myrrh and uh, the other one that I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Uh, gifts fit for a king. So all these things are symbolic of Christ, right? That's what a sacrifice of the first year, a he lamb, which God is the sacrificial lamb, and he's male. So that's all that stuff. <clears throat> and the meat offering thereof shall be two-tenths deal of fine flour mingled with oil, an offering made by fire unto the Lord for a sweet savor, and the drink offering thereof shall be of wine, the fourth part of an hen. What is a hen? It's a measurement, and it's also a container of the measurement amount. Ye shall eat neither bread nor parched corn, nor green ears until the selfsame day that ye have brought an offering unto your God. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations and all your dwellings. So in other words, you don't eat until God eats, and then everybody eats. You can't eat anything until then. And ye shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath, that's after the Passover, 
and the sab- the Sabbath, then the next day, and then the day after that, which would be Tuesday, from the day that you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be complete. That's seven weeks. Even unto the morrow after the seventh Sabbath shall ye number fifty days. And ye shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. So after the seven weeks, then fifty more days, and then a new offering is to be made. April says, everybody don't forget to hit that like button and share and support Jake. Much love to all. Thank you, ma'am. And Fab Daddy says, mmm, gravy. Ha, ha, ha. You got it. That's what make, that's how you make gravy. That's correct. And guess what's good with gravy? Lamb. You shall bring out your of your habitations two wave loaves of two-tenths deal. They shall be of fine flour. This is the, the cornbread that goes with the gravy and the meat. They shall be bacon with leaven. What? Uh, everything's been unleavened thus far, but not now. Now you get cornbread, baby. You can put a little leaven in it, it rises. Leaven is yeast, by the way, in case you don't know. They are the first fruits unto the Lord. And that's where we're going to stop for today, ladies and gentlemen. We'll pick up next week, next Sunday, 2318. I don't think I could take any more of this food talk. I'm starving. 2318. I hope that was enlightening to you. I hope you found some information. I hope that it enlightened your soul. I hope that it caused you to think, caused you to parse words and understand meanings and find definitions of things you didn't understand before. And more specifically, I hope that it opens your eyes to the wider world of things that are going on around you that you're not even aware of, things that are happening right now, this self-same day, to you and around you, and it's all happening without your knowledge. The spiritual world is connecting in every way imaginable to the physical world on a daily basis, and we don't see it because we don't have spiritual eyes to see the spiritual realm yet. But you will one day. Now, I must go handle something. You've heard me say this a thousand times, so say it for me and I'll be right back. this video by taking all your questions and comments 
All right. Thank you for that break. I needed it. I really need to stop drinking large cups of coffee before broadcast. Questions, comments, criticisms, catharsis, anything else that starts with the letter C. This episode is brought to you by the letter C in round and do red. Much love. All I enjoyed tonight's read. I'm going to rewatch it anyway. I love you all. Well, I hope you rewatch it because there's a lot of information in here and it could be very easily missed. I miss it often when I read things like that. I have to go back and check what I missed to make it un make it make sense in my head before I teach it. I'm glad I've already ate dinner. Me too, because we've been talking about cornbread and fried meats and gravy and man, I'm hungry. I like mint julep with my lamb. Never had that. I don't even know what a julep is. Sounds kind of dirty. I like it, though. What is a julep? Is it anything like a tulip? Is it a tulip from Israel? <laughs> That's a flower joke. You'll get it at 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm eating now, says April. Mmm, C is for cigarettes. Yes, also for cancer and clarity anyway i hope you guys really enjoyed this message tonight i hope you got something out of it i hope you didn't find me to be too abrasive i wasn't trying to be that's just somehow sometimes the message comes on me like that and I, if it pops in my head that way i gotta repeat it that way so that's how that's the the, the uh, deal i made so that's what i'm doing LOL, Kevin does to Fab Daddy. Ha ha. Hmm? Kevin does what to Fab Daddy? It's a mint jelly. Ooh. You know, somebody made some uh, jalapeno jelly one time. Some hot pepper jelly. That was some really really good jelly and i wish i could find some more of it man that stuff is fantastic if you ever get any hot pepper jelly try it it's delicious it does have a little bite it's not too hot but you wouldn't think that hot and jelly would go together but it does it's fantastic and i'm pretty sure it was jalapenos they made it out of might have been uh chilies but i think it was jalapenos and caution mm. What you saying, honey? What are you cautioning about? MVTV, are you still with us, brother? Congratulations on your wrench. I hope you enjoy the power bestowed upon you. By the power vested in me, I bestow the wrench upon thee. Caffeine. Yes. Kevin says, I have not done anything to Fab Daddy. I do not mix with Panthers as I am a Buccaneer fan. <laughs> Read all the words, Jake. I'm trying to. Which words do you want me to read? 
I'll go back up to the top of what you said that when I started talking. I like mint julep with my lamb. Next thing you said was C is for cigarettes. Then you said it's a mint jelly. And then you said, read all the words, Jake. I'm confused. He said he likes his lamb with mint jelly. And I heard I read that part. And I, I mentioned some pepper jelly, which is equally delicious. Y'all were on a sea trip. <laughs> Oh, caution. I got you. Duh. I'm slow sometimes. I got a lot going on up here. And I always connect. But I try. Do you have any idea that I'm talking to you in a delay that's repeating a delay back to me? So there's two delays between you and me. And I'm trying to keep the conversation straight and flowing. So sometimes it gets difficult. Bear with me. I'm working on it. Thank you, my first wrench. It works with other channels all across the board, right? Sure, I think. I don't know how it works. <laughs> I've never had a wrench either. Uh, actually, I think I'm a moderator on Caucasian's channel, but I've never used it. I have an idea. You want to explain Jesus' name translation against again. So she says... It's on air for the other people to learn it, too. I can do that. That's very simple. Jesus' name is Joshua or Yeshua. They don't have J's in Hebrew. But when Jesus was proclaimed by the angel Gabriel, when Gabriel came to Mary and told her she was going to be pregnant, he told her that you will have a boy child and you will name him Emmanuel. Well, did she disobey? Because she didn't name him Emmanuel. She named him Joshua. And we call him Jesus in America because we don't understand Hebrew very well. <laughs> However, all three words in different languages mean the same thing, which is why it's not a disobedience on Mary's part. She did name him Emmanuel just in her own tongue. And it means the anointed one, God with us. The word Christ is a title, not a name. If he had a last name, it would probably be Carpenter or Ben Joseph, something like that. Or uh, Beniel, it might be that. Jesus Beniel. I don't know. I don't know that they used last names in those days. And if they did, it was most specifically your occupation or your title. But Christ is a title, and it means the anointed one, the, capital the anointed one, the anointed one of God. And then his name, Yeshua, means God with us. So it's very specific that the anointed one is God with us. And how do we know he's the anointed one? Because of what occurred when he was baptized by John the Baptist. And God said, Behold, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And then the dove ascended upon him like the spirit of the almighty God. Because it is. That's his flesh body. He is God living as a man on this planet. So there you go. I hope that helps.
That's all I got for that one. Mmm. I like my peas with honey. I've never had peas with honey. I'll have to try that one time. I'll check it out and get back to you. I like purple hole peas because I'm from Georgia and I have taste. <laughs> but those are my favorite peas. They make great sopping for cornbread. And if you know about sopping, then there's a little southern in you somewhere. I eat them all the time. I've never tried that. What specific peas do you put honey in? You can have my wrenches, MVTV. Well, that's a lovely gift. Damn it. Ignore that. I screwed it up. Okay, Fab Daddy. <laughs> you didn't screw anything up. Wrenches are work. Now you have the power to add links and to kick people out and to, uh, you know, handle business. It is work. That's correct. But it's work of your own free will. I'm not requiring anything of you. You don't have to do anything unless you want to. You can be a very big part of this channel. You can do all the stuff if you want to. Now you have the option to. Now you know that I've tagged you as one of my preferred customers, meaning that I've entrusted you with anything you should desire to do in this channel of your own free will. That may lead to bigger and better things one day. But I'm not requiring you to do anything. That's between you and God. But should you decide to be a protector or a provider of this channel in some way, a provider of knowledge to help me keep my words straight or to help me keep on track or whatever it is moderators do, then by all means, you have the power. I'll bone up on the responsibilities and my functions. That's whatever you choose to do, sir. This is a gift for me to you. Just means that I trust you, that's all. Yes, you got it. Yes, what Fab Daddy said, that's right. Sweet peas. Oh, you mean like the little green peas? I've never had that with honey. Sweet peas and honey. I'll try that one time. That's interesting. Lagging a bit, but that's a another Catholic. I thought Christ was Jesus' last name. Did not help with my dad cursing Jesus H. Christ. I would never say what he would never say what the H stood for, Henry. Or heretical. No, Christ is not a name. It's a title. It's a. It's what he is. Jesus is the anointed one. Being a mod just means you are a trusted person by the channel. That's right. And it's a it's a good position to be in. Like like being a hall monitor. You know. Or a trustee at prison. You're a trustee now. Thanks all. You're welcome, sir. You earned it. And by the way, I love the little videos you've done. They're awesome. I appreciate that. And thank you for the work. Right, says April with a bunch of faces. Except for that one that's got warts all over it. Looks like it was stung by a bee. 
I probably would use it only to delete one of my own ill-advised comments or rants. But keep in mind that I still can see them. Just It just deletes it for everybody else, but I get to see everything because I have the power! And, you know, the channel. <laughs> the actual poem, I eat my peas with honey. I've done so all my life. People think I'm funny, but it keeps them on my knife. I remember that from fourth grade. That's why I always carry a blade. I don't know why I keep rhyming things. Maybe I'm going crazy or just mistaking things. Kick out the 18 plus bots. That's right. You see any of that business, you just go ahead and... Get them on out of here. And usually I'll try to indulge people that come in even when they first start trying to be cocky or, you know, saying crass things. But this is what we don't want on the channel. We don't want any super foul language. We don't want any anti-Christian statements. We don't want anybody changing the subject. Whatever we're talking about, that's what we're talking about. We don't want somebody coming in like that preacher did and start throwing up all kinds of misdirected quotes and cherry-picked verses and trying to make some kind of point that is irrelevant to what we're talking about because we're trying to stay focused on the subject at hand. Book, chapter, verse, explanation, understanding. That's all we're doing here. So those kind of things. And uh, we don't get a lot of that. But you do get the most flack when you're over the target. So when I'm saying something that's very poignant, that's when they usually strike. I'm going to check it out, too, MBTV. I've never heard that poem before, but I like it. I guess I slept through fourth grade. <laughs> Probably. I'm a slacker. I'm a midnight toker. Have you guys had a good time tonight? Have you enjoyed the show? I hope you have. It makes my day when you guys have fun. I subbed MVTV today. Well, thank you, sir. He's got some pretty interesting stuff on his channel. I think you'll enjoy it. He's quite the puppeteer of inanimate objects, too. I saw him do a whole Die Hard movie in Puppeteer. Puppetry. I got your back whenever, April. Let me check my schedule. Um, I don't really have one, so I guess I'll be free if ever. Aha. I saw that right before this. Thanks, Fab Daddy. I like his two-minute videos. He's got some pretty cool ones on there. He also has got some... Uh, ain't you the guy that did the Star Trek thing? I think you are. I've seen so many different things. I can't remember who does what. What is going on with the traffic tonight? That's the fourth time some loud car has gone by here. And... 
I can't make out what it is, but it's annoying. Something without a muffler. I love you, Jake, MBTV, Fab Daddy, A-Jot, Smoking, and ATL. And all. I'm about to be driving home now, so I got to get out of here. That's my MBTV love. Oh. Well, thank you, honey, for being here. We love you, and I'll see you Wednesday. Have a good night. Be safe. Don't do anything I wouldn't do, and if you do, name it after me. Safe travels, April says MBTV. And I, too, must bid adieu to the wind and flow towards my bed because I got to get up early and go to work in the morning. And I still got some editing to do, so I love you guys. Thank you so much for being such a great conversation and and being so into what's going on. I appreciate you so much. You mean the world to me. You really do. And I'm so grateful to have you as my friends, and I can't wait to see where we go this year. This is the start of a brand new year, so let's make it count. Let's do something positive in the name of God for somebody. Let's make somebody's life better. That's what we're here to do, to make good men better men and good women better women. That's it. When you go out into the world, take a moment and be nice to somebody. Make it your creed. Make it your uh, manifesto. This is what we're going to do from now on. At least once a day, we're going to try to be nice to somebody. For some reason, doesn't even have to be a reason. Just be nice. It's easy. It'll change your life. It'll make your whole, excuse me, your whole being better. It'll open doors you didn't even know were available to you. It will cause people to gravitate towards you. It will introduce you to people you didn't know you would love. You'll have a better life just by being nice. It's that easy. It really is. All you need is love. That's the only thing the Beatles ever said that was right. All you need is love. And with love, I bid you farewell. Have a great night. Thank you so much for being here. And thanks for helping me get this workload accomplished that God has bestowed upon me to do for whatever reason. Uh, he trusts me to do it, and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. And I thank you for helping me do it and keeping me straight and catching me when I screw up and all that good stuff. I'm, I'm grateful you're here. Have a good night. God bless you. Thanks for watching.